Hi, Lauren. Hi, Sam. Are you ready to talk about Ghost World? I am, because after all, we we are the Watchers of Movies. Lauren. Oh, Lauren. (laughs) You always sing the song, but I thought you were done. Anyway, I, I have to done. tell you a story before we begin okay, our proper discussion. So I, I went to the beach today with my mother and my brother's children. There's three of them. So there's twins. They're 14. And then Claire, who's 11. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we she, we were taking them back to their house, to my brother's house. And when we got in the driveway, my mom has a leather interior in her car. And when we got to the driveway she was getting out to take them to the door and uh her legs were sticking to the seat which you know that's like painful yes and she was going (laughs) and claire said i can't even like it i laughed so hard i can't i'm afraid i can't even tell about laughing claire said immediately like it was so fast and so clever she's like push grandma you got this <laughs> I died laughing. It was like so unexpected. <laughs> and, it was so funny. and then my nephew was like, She's not giving birth. <laughs> That's adorable. Anyway, so I had to tell that. Push camera, you got this. Claire, uh, whatever's, whenever you tell enemies, uh, me any stories about Claire, I'm always like, This kid seems like a kid that I could like oh just gosh. like chill with. You know she's, what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like I feel like she's she's very clever she's very very clever and she's a very old soul and yeah love it yeah (laughs) precocious is probably the word that you could use oh she sounds adorable yeah grandma you got this (laughs) she's a little cheerleader that's adorable so cute i love it so I watched Stranger Things season yes. four. You watched in the span of one weekend, didn't uh, you? Yeah, and the and that's saying something because the last episode is two and a half yeah. hours long. Yeah, Mike and I we had uh, <clears throat> so the the second the last two episodes came out in like their own little grouping. Mm-hmm. So the weekend that they came out, we watched one Saturday night. I'm so night. glad I waited until it all was yeah, out. <laughs> we yeah we didn't have to wait very long because we took a very long time. We took a while to watch the first you se- have to. section I mean, they're so long and uh so we watched it this episode eight on saturday night and then on sunday there was a formula one race and so mike was like i have an idea let's watch the last stranger things before formula one and then let me guess you had no idea how long it we was did not know and i think he had <laughs> joked the night before he was like oh what, the last episode's probably like two and a half hours or something and it actually was <laughs> So yeah, so we we weren't able to finish it. We had to like watch that, and then watch. Well, then we watched the Formula One race, yeah, and then we watched the rest of it, and it was like, it was like so. It was it was a long. I'd be so aggravated. I'd be like, um, I just want to finish this. But anyway, no, I mean, I just like. It was it was fine to like wait to finish it, but it was just it was a lot longer of an episode than we were expecting. So. Yeah, 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 like because I think the eighth one is like an hour and forty minutes or yeah. something, so they're mm-hmm. long episodes. But yeah. that last one, I was like, holy shit! Yeah, it took. I mean, we watched so we watched pretty much episode one to seven on Saturday. Jeez, 
we may have watched a little bit on Friday. So yeah, it was a, basically the span of the weekend, and then the and then Sunday we finished it. We finished the last two, so that was like five hours on Sunday. Yeah, alone. It's a long. <laughs> you know? That's a lot. <clears throat> yeah, it it is a lot, but it was worth it. I it was it was very good. It was much better than the third season. It's better than the third season. I have problems with it. It's not perfect. Mm-hmm. I have problems with it. Um, but I really I'm curious about your problems. Well, I think. Do you want me to tell? You? Okay, so I'm if like, anyone's listening, this I'm is a, not yeah, spoiler I'm a little free. Hesita- yeah, okay, because I know it's new, but it's not like so new that I feel guilty about talking about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna just spoil everything. So if okay, you're, it just if you're listening and you don't want it spoiled, just skip ahead. Probably about five minutes. <laughs> I don't know. We usually let's, let's we be don't honest. Know. The we way we talk, <laughs> skip ahead like yes. fifteen minutes. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so my one of my my major problems. Well, I have a couple pretty big problems. Okay. N- number one is I like cut the Russia stuff down by like six episodes. Make it episodes one and two. They get Hopper out of Russia. Bam, done. Oh, that see, took that way too bother, long. That didn't bother me so much as it bothered um, you. There's too many separate storylines mm-hmm. that really bothers me. They jump around too much. There's not a lot of time to really get into one story because they have to follow so many groups of people. Yeah, that's true. That's too much. Um, but the biggest thing that really bothered me was that Vecna just had powers. Like, the the show is built on the Hawkins lab doing like government testing on adults and then yeah. who then have children well that's how Eleven got her powers so that's right. what we assume that that's how the other children and got their powers and they got from, like uh, their parents being sub- like subjected to like MK Ultra yes exactly yeah. and that's like the whole basis like the lore everything that's the base and I think that they've just gotten a little too big for their britches because yeah. now it's like it seemed more like a horror movie villain than a than a Stranger Things villain and yeah. Yeah. All they could have done, they could have. It could have been so easy. He could just could have been like, we were the first. His parents were the first people that uh, they the Hawkins lab tested. Yeah. Done yeah. easy. But I I was really annoyed that um, <coughs> that he just he just had powers. He just had them. right right. And that really really I thought like I was like you're kind of getting away from like the the beauty of that made like Stranger Things like so cool right is this like conspiracy thing you know and like all the evil creatures in it are not intelligent they're just creatures they're like that's the thing is that they're they're scary because they're fast and they're strong and they're powerful and there's a lot of them Mm -hmm. but they're not scary in a way where it's like oh shit we have to like be 10 steps ahead of this guy because he's really smart and he knows what he's doing or whatever you know um i see what i totally see what you mean and i had like read that somewhere too that someone was like what's up with or maybe it was you that said it but they were like why is i did text it to you so i don't know it might have been you that said it yeah um yeah and and I have to say that I found out who Vecna was. I looked it up. Mm. And so that kind of spoiled it for me. And I was a little bummed out that I was spoiled it for me because that would have been a huge uh, reveal to be like, guess what? Henry is Vecna. And I'm like, oh, shit, you know. But I think the thing that upset me the most of all was Eddie. Eddie's. I did not want him to die. I was so disappointed that he died. I know. And- and he didn't even have to. I think you said he like. Yeah. You said something really smart. If I you can said remember he, what you said. I do remember. He said I had a lot of shower discussions about this, so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I do remember. <laughs> Mostly me yelling about how frustrated it was. Um, I said that their 
it wasn't necessary for him to have a redemption arc because he was always the victim. Yeah. And that's like that he and like and they made it into a redemption arc where he's like, "Oh, I didn't run." And I'm like, "But you but you running away was a totally natural reaction to seeing this horrific event happen in front of you that was totally inexplicable, yeah. unexplainable. You have no idea what just happened and you don't know if it's coming after you." You know, like mm-hmm. like this girl, I mean, her eyes fucking exploded well, in your ceiling. Yeah, like, he couldn't have stopped it even if he Yeah. yeah. I know. And oh, getting goosebumps. But um no, I totally I I think yeah. that's so smart and that's something i hadn't thought of he was always a victim he never he needed a redemption was. story i mean and the thing is like it's not you know everyone thought that he was a serial killer so they're all hunting him down well he's running for his life because again he's a victim he's innocent in this and it's just so upsetting that it's one thing if he had died in a way that was like saving someone and so you're like oh man like his death was worth it but his Great death point. was fucking dumb it was so pointless it was so pointless yeah. it was so stupid it was stupid of him to get out there and i know that it was supposed to be like oh i didn't run but i'm like but you never needed to explain like you yeah. never needed to redeem yourself because again always the victim and yeah I just no, he was I, just so precious and like yeah he was he was awesome I really liked him I, know, I believe too. I very 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 strongly believe that they did not know how popular he was yeah. gonna be which right. I don't know how you couldn't because that first episode it was like charisma uh, like charisma up to eleven I, I mean. Know. You almost oh immediately gosh. liked him. I texted like he was you. Fun. I texted you, and I was like, "I love a new character on Stranger Things," and because he's just like immediately likable and immediately fun and immediately like kind of like off the wall, and uh, and then I I don't know how they wouldn't have known that, but that's the only way I can justify I them killing him off. But um, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I, like if you're gonna kill someone off, like I don't know. Like, like well, Jason is, was Jason the Jason was the um, Jack guy. Mm-hmm. See, he I he's felt a bad really, guy. The thing is, I don't think he is. Now, I have a I I want to talk about this actually because if you think he's a bad guy, now I want to put it in the perspective of okay, so this guy found out that his girlfriend died really brutally. He thinks that it's uh, Eddie, which. Um, I mean, I think logically that makes sense. And I she guess died. I see, I see your yeah. point. Keep going, but I do see your point. <laughs> it's during the time of the satanic panic. So everyone is like freaking out, thinking that there's like all this culty devil worship going on. So this is really, I mean, I think that really, really pushed him to that point too. And then he witnessed his friend die in the exact same way. So now he's super, super traumatized. And he's trying to figure out you know like what is going on where eddie is and to me i don't think he was ever the bad guy i don't think you're really you're not supposed to really like him but to me he's just as much of a victim well i wouldn't say he's just as much of a victim because he's very he was very violent yeah he like he was immediately out for blood so i don't think he was necessarily a good guy right i agree no i I totally agree with you i do see your point that like if your girlfriend was murdered at somebody's house in a brutal way you wouldn't first thing go it was probably supernatural you'd think it was <laughs> right you'd be Eddie. like fuck yeah. that shit mm-hmm. well and especially again the satanic panic was the thing that was happening in the 80s and that was really prevalent and um a bunch of people actually like their their lives got royally screwed over like went to prison and stuff like that and this is like real life but um 
I, I mean, I feel bad for him, but the whole like violent attack on Lucas and everything, and and oh my god, that whole scene with Max was so distressing and just like, oh, and made me cry. Actually, it made part, me cry too. Um, it made. Me, oh, go ahead. No, I want to say the part that made me like sob my eyes out though was Will and Jonathan having that heart to heart. I was like full on like bawling. I was like, okay, he accepts it for who he is, you know? Yeah. I was like, oh, it's so sweet. But yeah, I know. I was afraid that Jonathan was gonna die, and I was like, Jonathan can't die because Will needs him, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so I honestly think Max should have stayed dead. Um. I, unless, they're, unless they're going to do something that's going to make sense and tie it in with the fifth season, I kind of agree with you. I think that... Yeah, because like, she had a really intense death scene. Yeah. It was really well done. And Mike even said the same thing. He's like, they gave us a death scene and they made us feel things, but then they took that away. And I was like, yeah, it's, I really... W- I like Max. I really like Max. I, do I don't want her to die, but... It was never a, a part of the lore that Elle could bring people back to life. And so that seemed yeah. very convenient, and I didn't like it. Well, and she's and using, like, all these, like, happy memories to bring her back. I kept saying I kept saying to, uh, to Emily as we were watching, I was like, I was like oh, so you, she needs to think of her Patronus. Because oh. a happy memory. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. That's good. I like it. Um, so, yeah. So, Max should have stayed dead, because yeah. that would have been a really poignant, memorable death. Keep yeah. Eddie alive. But the scene with max when she's like vecna's got her the first time and she's running towards that opening oh my God, and I then know. when she when she finally makes it out and like lucas catches her and he's like i thought i thought we lost you and she's like i'm still here like that made me cry like i had tears in my eyes and i was very emotional and i thought like that's a beautiful allegory for depression and suicide i think yeah, and i, think I, I so thought too. it was like it was so like it was powerful and and um when she was running and she was like i don't know just like choosing to to live i thought that was a really powerful moment um i feel like there was a lot like she spent a little too much time with vecna in that like weird upside downy place that he mm-hmm. would take them like in their minds or whatever that took a, a long time but I think if you just cut out the middle of that and just keep the end where they start playing the song and she decides to live, like, I really, I really, that really touched me. It really affected me. And I was, I was very emotional about yeah, it. Yeah, it was, it was good. Um, and I can see the impact of running up that hill now. So, and I actually, like, now that I've listened to the Kate Bush version a bunch of times because of the show, now I'm like, okay, I can get why people like this version. Because I was listening to the placebo version as I was I was driving around today. And I was like, still love it. Still love this cover. I think it's really great. But I can totally understand why people love the Kate Bush original song. And yeah, yeah and I'm kind of like, maybe I do too now too. So like, maybe <laughs> I should add to my playlist. But I, uh, first of all, love that they chose that song. Because it's a great song. Um, and it, it's just like, I mean, I felt so bad for Max, you know, and then she's like dealing with the death of her brother. And even though she didn't, she didn't really get along with her brother. It's he died in a really horrible way. And I can't even I can barely even remember the third season. Yeah, I should re-listen to our episode. Yeah, <laughs> season three was was rough. I just recently yeah. we I recently rewatched the whole series um i thought about doing and, that but then. Uh, i mean it took me a while it took me a little while mike was rewatching it and so i was like i'm gonna rewatch it too and um but 
I also got really annoyed when Dustin was talking to Eddie's uncle, and Dustin's like, he died saving the town. And I was like, this uncle should have no idea what you're talking about. He should be like, saving the town from what? A massive earthquake? What does yeah. this mean? Where's oh, his you're body? you're so right. Like, yeah. Okay, Dustin, where's his body? If he died right. saving the town from this earthquake, which I didn't know anybody could do, where's his body? Well, like, he should have been like, he saved me from the earthquake. Yeah, I was thinking like, the same he thing. died saving my life if or something I was like Dustin, that. Yeah, if I was yeah. Dustin and I wanted to honor Eddie, I'd walk up to his uncle and I'd be like, listen... I was going to fall into one of the crevasses, but Eddie saved me and he fell in. So you'll never Aww. find his body, so don't look for it. Nothing <laughs> weird. Like, that, that's yeah. just the explanation for why you will never find but his I body. It's say, not because I hid it or anything. Yeah. Here. It's an uh, alternate universe. I wouldn't say it's like... an alternate universe exists He anything. died saving the town. <laughs> what does that mean? You're like, you're like Vecna has... <laughs> <laughs> alternate universes what who's who said that <laughs> parallel universes Ugh, yeah i would not that upside down was yeah but that victorian house was gorgeous i was like oh be still my heart did you know that victor was played by uh, robert england victor creel the guy who, robert england yeah freddy krueger Oh, I did not yeah. know that. No, I didn't I looked know it that. Up. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. I was like, okay, it's, I'm like, it's oh. got to be someone famous. And I yeah. looked it up and I was like, Robert England, of course. That was too, it was too much of an homage to Silence of the Lambs. I did not care for that. Yeah, part. I noticed that didn't too. Didn't like it I didn't really all. either. Too many spiders. <laughs> no, really. Too many spiders. It, uh, Why is it always spiders? I don't. That drives me nuts. Yeah, I, to me, it didn't seem like the spiders were really important you know it just seemed like they're like spiders are creepy let's like, put them in there and, like, and oh, I, he also likes spiders because yeah. he is creepy and i'm yeah. like he's creepy for a lot of different reasons other than the fact that he likes yeah. he happens to like arachnids so i you know i don't care for all the visuals of spiders but anyway yeah no i think you're right about the whole vecna thing though it's it's like you know and then he had the little like like tracker in the his implant thing that yeah. must have stopped his powers from working that's what yeah i mean and that seemed that seemed a little bit out of the sight of the lore as well um yeah like um, it shouldn't be that advanced in order you know mm -hmm. yeah but was paul riser in the other seasons and i just totally don't remember him yeah he He was in yeah he was in season two I believe it was season two because he was helping Will because Will was having like what they thought was PTSD, but it was actually like the mind flare. Man, I cannot believe I don't remember him at all. I was just like so excited. I was like, hey, Paul Reiser's in this. And then I was like, remember, because like Hopper brings him a map of like where the the pumpkins and the trees are all rotting. And Paul Reiser's like, that's pretty. You got shapes there. And he's like mocking him. And Hopper's like you gotta take this seriously anyway damn i don't remember you know it's weird like as many complaints as i may have about stranger things about how like the direction that they're going i think this season was better Mm -hmm. than the last season and but as many like complaints as i have i just like can't get away from the characters i really love the core characters and i really i just i love the nostalgia of the show i love the I love how it's set in the 80s, but they usually... I know we had problems with uh, season three. They were making a big deal about the 80s. But in this one, they went back to their... You know, they, they didn't really make a huge whoop that it was in the 80s. It was just... Right. I don't know. And I really like the kids. And um, 
so and I like Hopper and I like Joyce and I love Brett Gelman. I like I said I didn't care for all of the Russia scenes. Like it, it started getting yeah, on my nerves. Yeah, Yuri, I could have used about like a quarter yeah. of Yuri. And I like, thought it was, he was like, too much. What bothered so me annoying. was that um, Brett Gelman's character. I can't remember. Is it Murray or Marty? Uh, Murray. Murray. He was like, like, like if you're a, a way to remember it is Murray and Yuri. Oh, Murray, oh Yuri. yeah, Murray, Yuri. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they went to the hangar in Alaska, and they were just like drinking his coffee. And I'm like, Murray is like conspiracy theorist number one, and he's just like trusting this guy 100. percent Yeah, that I was thinking little... that too. I was also, like, I don't know if I would drink something my, that someone offered me that I was right, feeling that iffy I was, about. Like, paying, I, I'm paying ransom money to these people, so they're obviously not in the up and up already but also they survived a plane crash which is my like biggest pet peeve in movies and shows and stuff but anyway for all the negative things i have to say i can never get away from the characters and i did yeah think that this season was was better and i the max storyline i really liked i just wish she would have actually died at the end i know like in what she says too like she's she's like i can't see anything and i can't feel anything and like it was and just lucas holding her like it was just so sad and then Mm -hmm. yeah you're right she like brought her back with like good memories and i was like okay yeah (laughs) i'm like well this isn't great yeah (laughs) it's here but it's not great i do agree with you i think that that would have been much more impactful if she had passed away and like is she gonna if they put if she's in season five is she gonna be like blind or is she gonna be okay right after her bones heal i don't know what like what can they possibly do with her i mean she's Uh, yeah like i I don't know that's i was wondering that too i'm like is she gonna get her sight back is she blind now and i i think it would be interesting if they did somehow bring her back even though it was kind of you kind of assume that like there's nothing in there like she's just kind of a shell of a person now Mm -hmm. um or like the human part of her died, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm wondering if they'll do that too and give her sight, or if she will be blind and have to. But who knows? I mean, I assume they have some long term plan with her that's gonna. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I it's also, gonna be like a weekend at Bernie's situation. <laughs> She's alive, but. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, um, I'm really happy that they had a lot of Antonov in there. Tom, Tom oh, Glacier's yeah, character. Like him. Yeah, yeah, yes, like I him. think he's very cute, and I was very excited that I he when I saw the trailer, I was excited that he was going to be in it, and then I was like, but he's like in my mind, I'm like, okay, but he's probably only in like one or two episodes, you know, oh, because contrary. he seemed like yeah, yeah. right, because he was in Game of Thrones, um, and so he was, was Eddie. Apparently, I didn't. Really, same character. Yeah, Eddie I think Munson. he's he um, metal metal lover. He was also in Game of Thrones. Weird, just no. Eddie. <laughs> uh, Eddie's. Well, yeah, okay, I just, I've just seen pictures. I haven't seen the episodes um, that he's in, but I I think he's British. Um, I believe you're right. Yeah, I yeah. actually listened or I read something. I guess he um was in a comic con or at a comic con or whatever yeah. did you hear about this and the guards like yelled at him yeah they told him to like shut the fuck up and sign autographs <laughs> but and he keep was like talking. getting emotional because like his fans are coming up to him and they're like i really like your performance and he was like oh, okay thank you and i was like oh that's so like he's happy because he loves what he does and like all these people are you know and i can't believe they would like yell at him and be like how dare you interact with your fans yeah well i think I'd be it's like pretty how awful. dare you talk to me like i guess this? they <laughs> over i read the article that said they oversold his meet and greet by like 400 people yeah, that's what i heard which is not his fault no it is not and his then fault. he was taking they said he was taking too long with each person but these people can pay like they said i think they said you can pay like 
between 60 and 125 pounds which is even more american dollars yeah yeah, it's a lot to meet these guys so he was generously giving of his time with these people who paid a lot and he got yelled at and it would be it means so much to the fans too because you get to come up and be like hey like i met a couple i've met a couple like one or two famous ish people um i met the woman that played oh god i can't remember who she played but she was in supernatural she was like this gorgeous like amazonian redhead and that was kind of cool to meet her but i wasn't like a huge fan of her character so i wasn't like you know whatever but um and then again i met some other rando from supernatural as well and he was like a small part but that was kind of cool because he was canadian and he's like you guys have so many snacks in america he's like this he's like your snacks are crazy (laughs) so it's kind of like he's like i'm from canada and i have never seen anything like this here Mm, that's (laughs) that's fun it was kind of fun yeah um but uh like it, it means something to your fans you know so well, your fans are the only reason why they can make money off of yeah, you. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like we're the ones paying for you. The convention a- wouldn't exist without fans. Exactly. Like, you're not so. just going to put all these famous people. People wouldn't even be famous. Yeah. You know, it's, it's yeah. Anyway, but yeah, but yeah. yes, I was happy about Antonov. Um, and man, I must be into mustaches because I was like, with that mustache. <laughs> um, I also played that Brett Gelman. Um, oh, the thing. eye brain. <laughs> so funny. Any of our listeners, if you want to hear a raunchy uh, story from Brett Gelman, who plays uh, Maury and uh, Murray, Murray, thanks, <laughs> in uh, Stranger Things, it's called The Eye Brain, and it's like five minutes long, and it's hilarious, but it's super raunchy, so look it up on YouTube. It's really raunchy, yeah. It's really funny, though. But, um, my old roommate, Lindsay, and her boyfriend, Phil, played it for me like years and years and years and years and years ago and i didn't know who brett gelman was at the time and uh lindsey said like phil wanted to play it for me this i I learned this after the fact but phil wanted to play it for me and lindsey was like i don't know if samantha will like this and i laughed so hard because it's so (laughs) unexpectedly raunchy it's It's so so unexpected and you don't expect it but it's like he's reading a a quote-unquote story that he wrote and it's like (laughs) it reminds me of something that like a like a horny 13 14 year old boy <laughs> would write it's so bad and then it like it begins really calmly it gets crazy in the middle and it like ends super calmly and i think that that's the comedy that i like is how it ends so like even keeled and normal so anyway well my favorite are the guys my, who are like you can hear them in the background they're like dude really and he's like please this is very serious yeah. <laughs> that was my first introduction to brett gelman and i've sort of been a pretty i've, oh, I've really liked him ever since like he's in the movie um i think it's called the other guys with mark Wahlberg and uh-huh. russell crowe no that's the nice guys oh. the other guys are mark Wahlberg and will ferrell okay I think. Yeah, yeah i know what you're talking about and yeah. um and he plays a small part. He's the husband of a woman that used to date Will Ferrell, who still likes Will Ferrell. And they go visit their house because they need to get, like, they're cops and they need to get information from her. And Brett Gelman's just, like, he's he's trying to distract Mark Wahlberg because his wife wants to seduce Will Ferrell. <laughs> and and her name is Christina. 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 And uh, Mark Wahlberg kept... <laughs> kept mispronouncing her name and brett gelman's like it's christina you come into my house 
you pronounced my wife's name right it's ridiculous he's so funny and then they leave because will ferrell doesn't want to sleep with her and he's like you get back here and you sleep with my wife (laughs) i'm not doing it justice but anyway uh he was in the show i think it's called parenthood it's with uh judy greer and nat fast actually paul riser's in it too. oh really i've never watched it but i know the show is it's kind of funny it's more like dry kind of dark humor um i watched it once i don't know if i'd like i don't know if i really super care about watching them but i wouldn't hate watching it again it would definitely be like background noise but um his character's pretty funny in that too yeah so yeah he's funny i just like the way he talks like he could just talk and i I know yeah anyway anyway so yeah that's it um oh i really like the way that they had hopper and joyce get back together oh yeah i thought it was very really organic and like it mm-hmm. felt really it felt really good and really natural i liked you know? when the door opened and he sees her i thought that was really a very sweet moment and like it was like a they dream they finally kissed and i really liked that they kissed I and i wanted them and to it was kiss like passionate and, yeah, and sexy yeah. and like you're like yeah i was like i was like holding emily's hand i was like are they gonna do it <laughs> and she's like just watch and see and i was like damn you <laughs> tell me now are they gonna have sex or no <laughs> But I'm kind of glad that they didn't, but I also would have not been opposed to it because I think it would have been done well, you know, or at least like... I a don't know, yeah. Little, like, like a, you at least see a hint of it. Like, I don't need like a full like... Like a thrusting butt cheek. <laughs> or like a, uh, <laughs> you know, Legends of the Fall style No, sexy. I don't want, yeah. I'm kind of glad that it, they just kissed just because like it was like dirty and they were under distress mm-hmm. and i was just like dirty like messy not like yeah yeah like, and i was just like this isn't the place yeah and both of sex. them looked like they hadn't showered in a couple yeah, days i'm sure he probably stunk he probably like, was gross yeah he'd been in a russian prison for who knows how long a gulag Ugh. so i was glad that it Nasty. was just a kiss and then um they had some romantic dialogue and I don't know. I, I just yeah. It, it was, was good. It was sweet. It was and, good. And it wasn't. Like, oh, and then when he came back home and he saw eleven. Yeah. Oh, and oh she said God. like, I left the door open three inches. Was, oh, yeah. I know. I know. But like, just like, and you think it's people that are coming to like get her. So you're like, great. What's this shit up yeah. again? Like, and you're like, we're in trouble. And then he, it's like he's like, hey, kiddo. And you're like, okay, I'm fine. No, I'm no. Everything's okay. I'm fine. <laughs> I do think that um, the tissues. Thank you. <laughs> like if I. If I smack a girl in the head with a roller skate, my boyfriend, oh, fuck, my boyfriend, was... better not say what did you do to me. He should say what did you do to the girl that yeah. I struck with a roller skate. Oh, there's like that oh. made me mad that like Mike sort of turned on her. Angela, what a little bitch! Like yeah. you know, I I don't think she deserved to get smacked in the head with. I the, do. Okay, yeah, I kind of do too. It wasn't that bad. Um, it was. <laughs> It but was, she she didn't she get concussed absolutely or she did get a concussion well, she, she deserved it <laughs> she uh she absolutely had it coming though yeah she's nasty she's nasty no, she was terrible she was and uh, i mean humiliating 11 and yeah and like it's too weird to call her jane i don't want to call her i don't want to call her jane and, like she's 11 to me well and all her friends call her 11 yeah. you know but um also very shocking that dr brennan tur- or brenner dr brenner yeah turned out to be alive that was yeah that was that seemed a little bit like i thought what's he doing here the demogorgon definitely took him yeah yeah. anyway i mean it is what it is the whole show though i was like wig or not a wig (laughs) yeah (laughs) and i even looked it up but i don't wicked head of hair i think it's a wig 
I don't think it was a wig because wow. I looked it up and I didn't see anything. I mean, they said like, who wears a wig? You know, Eddie's wearing a wig. Well, I was like, okay, well, duh. Like, sure. he's got like, you know. But um, I, I think that might have been his hair. Yeah. He's got a good Yeah, seriously. I mean, you know, beautiful head of hair, really. Yeah. Very luscious and full. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. And it was emotional and I cried and it was, it was great. It was really good. Yeah. I, and I can, I, I can, really, I really wanted you to see that scene with Max. Oh, yeah. That like, was so. I know both scenes were just so yeah they were they were intense yeah I like mm-hmm. that um, I really like the whole uh, emotional component uh, connecting with music though like that yeah that, like that music is like because music is an incredibly powerful tool and um, to have it be where it takes you away from certain death is like extraordinary and i really like that they added that aspect too you know yeah i i thought that that was a creative touch yeah and uh, music can do so much you know it can heal it can hurt it's like it's just you find a song that you really love and you listen to it like twenty thousand times you're like i can never get sick of this (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know it's 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 i was actually wondering what my song would be have you thought about what your song might be? Yeah, I have, but I haven't really like narrowed one. D- I haven't really yeah. thought of one. It's hard. I think mine would probably be. I really like the song "Hanging On" by Active Child, but it also might be like "Wildflowers" by Tom Petty. Hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah. I, I feel think. like maybe "Damn It" by Blink One Eighty Two. Possibly. Yeah. It's not like a really like. Yeah, song. I mean, like it is. I like it a lot, but it's not like a like an overcomer type song. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. a song I really, really like. So it's not inspirational, right. is what I meant to say. Which it doesn't have to be. I mean, like no, I don't, no. I don't care about inspirational songs. But I was just like, in a movie where this had to be like my character's song, like I don't think they'd ever choose it. But I really like that song a lot. I um, get it. Yeah. No, I get it. I um active child is very like kind of or that the hanging on by active child is kind of heartbreaking there is a cover done by ellie golding but i always like the original better but yeah. i the first time i heard the song was actually in a trailer for god of war ascension and i've seen the trailer probably like 40 times i'm not kidding oh, i yeah. love that trailer so much you show me the trailer sure, yeah. yeah it's mm-hmm. like about he's like holding the daughter up and the daughter turns to dust yeah mm-hmm. um it's a really great trailer and i was and even though i wasn't like into video games at the time i was like huh <laughs> yeah i never played it but um yeah, I uh, I think, but if I think if I heard Wildflowers, I'd be like, "What is that?" And I'd be like, "Oh, I love that song," you know. And then I'd be like, "Maybe this is it." <laughs> Run towards in slow motion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, I guess we're done talking about Stranger Things. That was a yeah. lot longer than I. It was a little bit longer. <laughs> like yeah. Thirty. Remember minutes. when we said fifteen minutes? <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Are you ready to talk about the movie? I am. Do you want to give a synopsis? Uh, sure. So it is about Enid and Rebecca. Okay, thank you. I'm gonna look it up real quick. Hold on, just give me a second. You just cut this out. I'm gonna leave it in. I'm gonna be heavy breathing. <sighs> That's not on me. That's on you. <laughs> okay. 
So it is about Enid and Rebecca and their friends, and they just graduated high school, and so they're kind of dealing with like moving on and becoming adults. Whereas Rebecca is more is is really heading on that path. Enid is kind of lost, and she's basically acting the way a teenager does. Um, and then she meets this guy named Seymour, and uh, they kind of have like some bizarre relationship <laughs> yeah yeah uh, and yeah so that's pretty much what it's about right yeah <laughs> more or less yeah so are you curious as to what i thought i need to know i need to know what you thought of the movie like what were your thoughts what um thoughts? i liked it yeah oh, good i'm glad i did i did i uh pretty much i can see why it was so um what's that word like vital to you at the time that it came out because i i could see myself feeling the same way that if i had watched it like in 2001 i would have been like oh i totally get this i totally feel this and i even really identified with it now like especially enid because i'm in a place right now where i'm really in a um kind of middle of the road i'm in between stuff i don't really want to get into the personal part of my life but so i I very much identified with her as a person where she's kind of like, you know, I don't want some shitty job where I have to talk, you know, like people talk down to me or whatever. And she's like, or whatever. And, uh, but also I think the frustration of watching her closest friend grow up and really like start to blossom under this, you know, independence. And she's kind of still in the same spot. She doesn't really know what she wants. And I also just like, I liked her just as a character Mm -hmm. in general. I thought she was, um, like, she was a teenager, like, to, like, kind of unapologetic, kind of selfish, but she was also just going through it. You know, she's going through it like everyone else. She doesn't know what she wants, and she was just impulsive and young. And yeah, I liked it. I I was actually kind of surprised as to how much I liked it. And so, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad. I thought you were probably going to like it. I was almost positive because I was like, (laughs) I don't know how somebody could not like this movie. Right. So I'm really glad you liked it. Yeah. Because I would have been kind of sad if you didn't. But um, yeah, this movie was a very big part of my high school I can see why my teenagers my friend Amber and I we would like call ourselves Enid and Rebecca it was big wait who were you I was Rebecca she was Enid (laughs) I thought I I was like um, I was like I bet she's Rebecca (laughs) I definitely feel like more like an Enid I think yeah and uh, yeah and I I know it's it's so I I think I think the movie is super bad is an outstanding, outstanding picture of, of what I think male friendships are. Um, and I'm, I mean, I'm not a, a male, but in my, like, I just feel like it's just super well done friendship in general, especially males. And I think this movie is a little bit more sardonic and the world is a little bit like darker and maybe not quite, it's like adjacent to true to life, but not quite, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. life is kind of dark, but I mean, this movie just seems a little bit more like on the nose and I don't mean in a bad way. I just mean, but I think that it's an outstanding picture of female friendship. Mm -hmm. I I really, really love it uh, for many aspects for, for that aspect. I think it's, it's, it's quite well done. And, um, so I, I I really like the friendship aspect of it, and um, I think I told you a while ago that um, that I saw 
into the wild in my adult life and i was struck by how selfish i thought uh christopher mccandless was and and how i did not identify with him in the same way that i did when i saw it when i was like 22 or whatever and Mm -hmm. and how i just had a totally different feeling about his actions in the movie watching ghost i've seen ghost world multiple times throughout the years i've i really haven't had like long gaps between seeing it i've had some gaps but not like seven years or something you know or 10 years or whatever i've i've seen it various at various times but watching it this time with slightly different eye i did think that enid was a little bit more selfish than i used to think she was but she's definitely selfish yeah it works because of like i totally agree with what you said she's growing up and she's on this she's in this like weird precipice between like childhood and adulthood and i think that's one of the reasons why it resonated with me so much because i never had a clear vision of what i wanted to do with my life and and so i think her selfishness is totally believable in this stage of her life you know what i mean i think um she brought on a lot of horrible things right on herself because of her own actions and her own behavior and she blamed everybody else for these things but that's so natural like that's so true to life you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. yeah sometimes people are crappy and sometimes you do crappy things that enhances their crappiness and (laughs) you know what i mean and when you're a teenager you're like everyone hates me i guess i'll go eat worms you know but it works Mm -hmm. it's so well done but i also think she's also in addition to this not just selfish i think she's also like an an extreme unique creative person and there's just like i think the movie shows that there's just not an easy place for people like that in the world society isn't super accepting of different and i think that this movie also illustrates that so on one hand as an adult like when i'm older and i've gone through all that phase of life and i'm in a different phase of life i think like geez girl just you know get your shit done and go to art school get your shit done get a job move out with your friend you know what i mean but at the same time i'm like no i i get it you're you're yeah. you're operating on a different like your mind is operating on a different level than a lot most people oh yeah and and so it makes sense that you're you're feeling sort of lost like you are lost like society wants to mold you and create you into this thing that fits into them they don't want these like outliers to just thrive and be successful as an outlier and so it's really hard and i think that's indicative too of like the uh art show and everything and everyone flipping out about that and i i did want to say um you're right that she is very different as far as like the way her mind works but not only that but she's also only 18 she Mm -hmm. still has got seven years before her brain even fully forms into her adult brain so exactly you know so her behavior isn't that different than any yeah i mean she's she's acting like a teenager essentially so and Mm -hmm. and teenagers just they don't process things and understand things the same way that an adult does you know and like the consequences of what she did with seymour initially and then later they you know became friends or whatever kind of strange relationship which by the way i had no idea that that was going to happen between them so that was definitely like i wasn't like surprised when it happened but i was like oh okay (laughs) like all right interesting um I did like that he was a decent enough guy to break up with his girlfriend after it happened because he could have been like, oh, no, everything's fine. But he was like, it's not working out. And I was like, "Okay, good for you. Good for you for doing that, because he could have been real shitty about that. But um, 
I actually really, I've always wanted him and Edith to end up together. Did you? And I think, I think that's another excellent little point in the movie, how, like, there are people that you fit in with, and some, but, you know, like, sometimes you just come at each other at the wrong phase of life. Like, yeah. why couldn't he have been born 15 years later, or she been born 15 years earlier you know what i mean like i think that they were like they were like they were from the same tribe i guess you could say you know he had his jazz thing and he liked to collect old things and he had kind of a unique nerdiness that was really appealing and he was decent i like the music he liked too that like old he was just really old like country blues like that was just oh that like that hits you that it feels good you know it's like it's good music it's just it's good i love it (laughs) i know i just said it much times but it's true old souls basically Mm -hmm. and and they their paths crossed at a bad time in life like she's just too young for him big time and he's maybe um he's maybe let himself believe that he's not worthy and so he's you know he has his own things to work out but i feel like when she sees seymour she could be getting a glimpse of her future if she doesn't sort of open up and allow people to love her as well yeah yeah. because he doesn't allow people to love him as seen by the fact that he sort of screws all kinds of things up because he doesn't like know how to accept this like these this appreciation from people and and i think that she's could be walking down the same path as him or maybe not maybe she'll be fine i don't know i have a question i have some questions about the ending as well that we'll get to i I, uh, um, I just have to say that reminds me of that quote from um, uh, the, uh, what is that? Something, Perks of Being a Wallflower. So I read the book and I saw the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, The book is better. I've done both as well. Yeah. 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 The book is just like, it's just more thorough. But um, the, uh, we accept the love we think we deserve, I think is pretty, is really poignant in this, in this, and like, and, you know, to to see more, whatever, to Enid. Yeah, you know, because I think if she would, if they would have met when she was twenty five, I think they could have had a beautiful relationship. But, yeah, you know, she was still stuck in her like. Well, she's just too young. Yeah, just too I know. Young I for think him. she's. But I really, I really yeah. just. It's not. He's like stuck in his ways. He's like in yeah, his forties well, or something. And you know, she's, and, even though she's eighteen and it's legal, I see why they're not together. But I always secretly hope that i'll get like a different version of the movie and they'll somehow <laughs> be okay and end up together because i think they're very oh, sweet yeah. i really like the relationship i don't know if that's weird to say but i really like it no i liked it too i i mean he was always like really respectful of her and and he wasn't like creepy like david cross's character was <laughs> I which like i was like there's was a seat <laughs> mind if i sit down and rebecca's like yes <laughs> yeah, no she's like no thank you bye <laughs> forever seriously bye um I love David Cross. So I was kind of disappointed that he didn't have a bigger part in it because when I saw that he was in the movie, I was like, hey, David Cross, you know, because <laughs> I'm a big Arrested Development fan. Um, but just in general, I just like him. But um, yeah, he, uh, I, I, I kind of like them together too. But I agree that I think that there's like, he's just too much old. He's too much older than her. He's too much older than her. Does that, okay. I was like, does that grammatically make sense? Um, he's, too, too much old. older than her. Too much older? No, that doesn't. He's he's too old for her. Let's yeah. just say that. Okay. 
Well, too much older than her or too old for her. It's the than or the for that changes okay. the too much. Okay, too much. It's we'll either just- too much or too old if you're going to use than <laughs> or for. Okay, okay. We're going to parse this sentence. We're going to get through it together. <laughs> anyway, keep going. <laughs> he's too old for her. Sure, yeah. <laughs> just stick with that. That works. Uh, he's and um, And I think while they're like... I think that their souls are made of the same cloth, if that makes sense. I just think that that one of the sides of the cloth has been in the sun and is bleached and the other side has been in the dark, you know, and they're just they're just too different. They don't match up quite. They're still kind of the same, but just not not really, you know, Um, which I'm really proud of that metaphor. BTW. Like sometimes I come up with these metaphors, and I'm like, I can't believe no one was around to hear that. That was amazing. You got to write them down. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah. So, um, but I agree. I, I think that I like that their their relationship, and I like that he had all these like this great old music that she was into. Um, he had an eclectic. Yeah. He had an eclectic lifestyle that she also had an eclectic. They were both eclectic people, mm-hmm. and it just it, it was cute. It was cute how she initially like the reason he came into her life was because she wanted to mock him, but then it was cute how she was like, "Oh my gosh, this is this guy is like the older male version of me a little <laughs> yeah, bit," you yeah, know? And, yeah. 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 You know what was a big bummer for me and a surprisingly big bummer was I really liked her green hair and I was so disappointed when she dyed it back. I was like, yeah. what? No, the green hair was really cute on her. It worked. And and I like that she did it just to piss her friend off too. Because Rebecca was like, no, no weird color. She's like, just look normal. And Enid's like, you know what? No. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to dye my hair fucking green, bitch. And it was just, I, I thought she looked great with the green hair. I, was I into do it. like, I do really, like I've said before, I really like their friendship and how we're wi- we're witnessing uh, like the end of childhood and how will their friendship look in adulthood. And I like how Rebecca's like, you know, I want to go down this path. I want to get an apartment. I want to do this. And Enid's still just like, no, I don't want anything to change. I want us to be friends like we were before. I want to just go out and hang out and do pointless stuff and follow yeah. people around and and do all this stuff, you know. And But they're at odds with each other because you can't do that for your... I mean, you... Like, you know what I mean? To the, to some extent, life has to change. Like, oh, you yeah, can't do sure. the same stuff for the rest of your life. Well, and you can't and be, like, an unemployed adult who's just right, leeching after with your, your friend. Dad, yeah, 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 or, yeah. like, living with your friend. And so, like, l- like they're both, like, walking this, like, their their paths are slowly, like, con- like forking, you know, mm-hmm. in different directions. But it's interesting because neither one of them want that, but they also want different things. Yeah. And, and I think that that's really interesting and i really like that yeah rebecca seems to be older than her years you know she's like she and i hold on i was trying to like she and i would have never been in the same place like emotionally or anything like that at the age of 18 i didn't even move out till i was 26 and yours is like about the same age that's when you moved out about too right yeah um so i 
I always felt kind of felt like I was like a little bit of a late bloomer. And um, there's a lot of different things in my life events that have happened that I think people would consider late like a late bloomer. Um, And so with like Rebecca was so put together and I really kind of didn't even I really couldn't like identify with her I felt like because as an, an adult now sure but as a kid or someone who just turned 18 I would never have been on the same level as Rebecca ever and I would have been just like Enid and I probably would have had the same exact thing where I would have had someone who was like hey you know get your shit together so we can move in together and I would have been like whoop de doo you know, like, I'm gonna just do my own thing you know what I mean and then later realize oh shit I fucked up and it's too late now um so I I just I thought Enid was so I just really I felt for her you know I felt like I was her like I get it and I again part of it I'm sure is because I am in a period of my life where I'm in between you know things so um it's maybe I have more I don't know like empathy or something because of that but I think I think even regardless if that wasn't the case I still think that I would identify more with Enid because I just feel like I've always kind of been like that lost girl you know I like I don't really I mean as an adult I know now more what I want than but as an 18 year old no 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 never not even no yeah (laughs) I didn't know what I wanted at all I was like "Mm -hmm." like what do you want to be when you grow up I'm like a fireman is that what you want me to say you want me to say a fireman right like a princess I want to I want to be a princess obviously it's what every girl wants right (laughs) I just I would have had no idea so yeah I, I I definitely get I definitely identify with her more yeah I think that um Enid is like the poster child for anybody who feels like they just don't fit into this mold that like you're supposed to know what you want you're supposed to look this a certain way you're supposed to do this and I think that's why she is the focal point of the movie uh, because mm-hmm. I think especially for a, a person who just I don't know feels like they're a square peg in a round hole you know Big time. And uh, and I think it's just it's really well done. It's a really well done well done representation. But it's also, I just I really, I don't know. I really love their friendship because despite their differences, they make it work. Like they're the same, mm-hmm. even though they're different. Like they have, like they go on these like. So Enid's drawing a picture, and she's like, I think the people in that booth over there are Satanists, and so then they just sort of like. <laughs> follow them right and like or they like they they do the personal they answer seymour's personal ad and then they they go on this adventure to this diner to to see him and stuff like that and and they just implicitly trust each other and they sort of like like they're like reeds blowing in the wind and they're always blowing in the same direction they probably have been blowing in the same direction for 18 years Mm -hmm. but now life is changing like life is going through the big this is the biggest change of their lives so far big time and so now the test is are they going to keep blowing in the same direction and they might be in some form but they're not going to be in exactly the same way because they're like as soon when they graduate the world just opens up like the world is pretty narrow when you're going through school so it's it's not so difficult to just always be and they're on the same wavelength and I think they'll always be in, on the same wavelength in some ways, except 
you know it's just when the world gets so big you it's just natural to just sort of start going in different directions and maybe you have an anchor to each other and it seemed like they did but it's it's definitely seemed like it was changing at the end definitely yeah and um well because even rebecca was like i'll just get a place by myself then mm -hmm. you know she was and i get it she was so done with enid shit because enid was like oh i don't like that place i don't like that place either and that place is gross or you know like all these excuses and she's like you don't like any place that we look at but you know i mean i'm surprised that rebecca could even afford an apartment on know, like a barista salary like, like i was like is she working full time you yeah know? i don't know I just i it like bothered me because i was like excuse me but monetarily this doesn't make any sense <laughs> I was like, this, no. <laughs> it was really, I mean, I guess 21 years ago, yeah, I inflation was, say, was... At my job at the theater, there were people there that were making theater salary, and they were able to live in apartments, but I don't know how much wiggle money they, like, how much right. fun money they had, you know, but... Um, yeah, I, I would say you probably are going to scrimp and save, especially mm -hmm. if you don't have a roommate now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I so yeah, probably might not have been a very comfortable life, but yeah, yeah. Well, you do what you can, I guess. You know, um, <laughs> we've all had to. Uh, but I don't. The way you said that made it seem like you were like, "I've done some things for money that I'm not proud." Of. <laughs> no, I don't know what you were getting at. I know. I, I don't know what you were getting at. <laughs> As soon as I said that, I was like, it sounds like you've maybe prostituted yourself. Yeah, but that is like, not the case. So, or like <laughs> posted photos of your feet on the internet or something. <laughs> uh i uh yeah i um I, I told you about that one dude that like contacted me on like the dating website and was like one of his first questions was like do you paint your toenails and i'm like um this isn't gonna work out i wonder what <laughs> did you ask why i want to know does he like it or does he not like it did, i'm did assuming he out? likes it but the first thing i said back to him was if this is a foot fetish i gotta tell you bro this is not gonna work out first of all i'm pretty sure that i have a foot phobia i hate them i think they're disgusting like clothes are fine but it's like i don't like feet i don't like feet at all um and yeah and i was just i was like man i really want to know this is a mystery that will never be solved i want to know what his preference was like what would his next move i probably be based still on have him answer? on there if you want me to, no i don't no. want to ask i don't want to i don't want you to put yourself through that no, just I don't for like <laughs> my own curiosity i would say it's more likely that he likes them yeah i see Mm-hmm. because hmm. i would think that that wouldn't be something you'd ask if you weren't into them you know well it would be because if you hate it you wouldn't want to date somebody who painted their toenails. Like, how dare you paint your toenails? I hate painting toenails. <laughs> you know I hate painting toenails. You're like, luckily for you, I don't paint any of my nails because I'm super lazy and I think it's boring. So you're welcome. <laughs> I like the look of it, but it just takes too much time. And then you have to wait till it dries. And it's the drying part that always gets me. Yeah. Yeah, you are just like, go, go, go all the time. Am I really? Because <laughs> I don't think I am at all. <laughs> I'm very lazy. <laughs> I was being sarcastic because you okay. were like, because you got to wait for him to dry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, yeah. Like painting your toes Me is like the easiest today. <laughs> you just put a movie in and you paint your toenails. Yeah, and then you have to wait till they dry, though. You can't yeah, do but, anything. But what are you doing that you can't I'm do? touching things that can't be touched while my hands are... Oh, you're talking about hands. I'm talking about toes. Oh, yeah, hands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't... This, this. 
grade A conversation that we're having here. <laughs> Back to the movie. Okay. Anyway, um, you can include Brad that if Renfro. You, you don't have to cut it out. By the okay. Way. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. Brad Renfro. Sad yeah. story about him. Yeah. Of course. He, yeah. Uh, passed away in 2008 from heroin I oh, believe 2008 hasn't mm-hmm. really been that long I looked it up because I wanted to know when this oh, movie it was, was he, made around the same time Heath Ledger died too I think mm-hmm. yeah. I wanted to know like how much this is really morbid but I don't know how to say it I wanted to know like what the window of time was after this movie came out to when he passed away oh and okay. this movie came out in 2001 he died in 2008 and um yeah I really liked him as Josh there was a really cute moment when they first went to visit him at the uh, convenience store oh that's another thing that I really like about their friendship is both of them have a crush on Josh neither of them have told each other that they each have a crush on Josh but they both sort of know that the other person has a crush on Josh because later when Eden is talking to Seymour and she's like I have a crush on somebody his name and Seymour like thinks she's talking about him and he's like oh you do huh and she's like yeah but it's Josh you met him but Edith would freak, or Rebecca would freak out if I did anything about it. And so, you know, they both know, because girls are intuitive, like, they know. Mm -hmm. You can, you know, and so they both know that they both like Josh, but neither one of them is going to say it, and neither one of them is making a move on him. But anyway, there's a really cute moment they go. I thought he was, like, super boring, and, like, just, like, I almost forgot he was part of the story, because he was just so... He was just there. (laughs) Well, good for you. But anyway. Thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, he's always grateful to hear a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, go on. <clears throat> There's a cute moment when they're in the store, and the guy, like the redneck guy, who's like <laughs> he taking the was, beef he's turkey, funny. and he's anyway, and they all laugh at this thing that the redneck guy is doing, and I thought that was a really sweet moment between them, and I also like how they're like they they want jo- like they come in and josh is like i'm not driving you anywhere so don't even try it and then of course he ends up <laughs> he driving does, them yeah. places or driving to the diner and stuff and i and i like how later so he goes to the diner with them and he sees seymour come in and they told him that they like answered this personal ad that seymour left and they obviously stood seymour up they were just watching him from mm-hmm. a distance and so shitty and then later enid comes to the store with seymour and she's like hey josh this is my friend seymour and he's and he sees her and he's like making an ice cream like sunday for a little girl and he drops it because he's so shocked <laughs> i thought it was a little bit over the top as the little girl started crying but i still really liked that he's like and then she just left like he's like oh and she just left because she just wanted to be like josh remember that guy that we uh faked out right. well now i'm hanging out with him <laughs> Yeah, that was funny. I I remember thinking, like, okay, little girl, it's not that big of a deal. He can just make you another one. Like, calm down. But mm-hmm. she's also a little girl, so it's like, whatever. But, um, yeah, I I think it's, it's interesting that she kind of ended up in Seymour's life, you know, even though she did this pretty, like, nasty thing to him. It's pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, Obviously, he has no idea or no way of knowing it's her until later when he finds out, which I thought was a very quick, like, turnaround as far as emotionally. Like, I I was like, oh, he just found out this horrible thing. But then she's like, oh, well, look at all these other photos I drew of you. And I'm like, but that doesn't really make up for the fact that she... I mean, yes, you guys are friends now, so maybe you can, like, overcome this. But I'd be like, you tricked me. And, like, you became my friend 
so like what's real and what's not you know what i mean to me anyway i don't know i don't know i thought that the i thought that i a little different for me because i thought it was very genuine and i totally believed i mean i genuinely like think they're friends and everything well i thought his response to her i thought her response to him and the way she described it was very genuine um and i i think i think he he had accepted the fact that she probably thought he was a loser because he thinks he's a loser and then she comes into the hospital room and she's like did you even look at the rest of the book and she shows him all the drawings and i think like that's really flattering if you think you're like this loser probably thinks he's like a funny looking loser you know who doesn't have anything to offer the world and you see somebody's been like drawing you in these really positive and flattering ways and she's like you're like my hero you know and i think (laughs) it seemed genuine like i think a like you said earlier he knows she's 18 she's Mm -hmm. a kid and she acts stupid like a kid acts and b they had a real connection like you you know like we've both talked about they had a real connection and and see i just i think that she yeah they met under like really mean circumstances but i think at that point he knew that there was not going to be like they weren't going to end up together they were just going to be friends so i don't you know like yeah what she did was mean and it was crappy but at the at the end of the day they you know like it, what happened happened but they everything that they felt for each other was very real and genuine so i don't think he had any reason to think that she was lying after that initial you know like she, right right and yeah like yeah if I, I guess yeah if i was in a like romantic relationship with somebody like a committed romantic relationship and then i found out that that our whole relationship was founded on this thing that i had no idea like a lie that would be totally different but i think right. all of the differences between them it's still it was fine with me how well, he came to terms with the fact that, that that's how they met because right. there was so much between them but they still sort of like found this common ground that it it worked because of the really unique circumstances of their friendship relationship right. whatever you know yeah and i like um, okay, first of all, I have to say one thing. Did you hear a dog barking, or am I losing it? I just heard a dog barking. I heard barking. something, but I don't know what it okay, was. Okay, because it was like, while you were talking, and I was like, am I hearing a fucking dog barking? I just wanted to... So, um, I wanted to go back, rewind. Um, did you... <laughs> I didn't notice this, but... Or I, I've, I don't think I've ever noticed this before, but did you notice that their graduation was sponsored? Like, they had a graduation banner, and it said... Uh, Hang on, let me find it. it. Said graduation today, two p.m. There's like a hostess, Dunkin' Donuts, Tropicana on the banner. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't notice I've that. I've never noticed that before. I'm like, a what could that mean? Then <laughs> uh, I and uh, very strange to sponsor that class because it was a very small graduating yeah, class. It, was, it looked like yeah, like a like small maybe town. fifty or something. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm like, there's like hardly any people in there. I'm like, you, if you're gonna sponsor or something you sponsor like the harvard graduating class of whatever <laughs> you know yeah i went to harvard it's and, a school in boston and i i like so the girl that's in like the wheelchair and it's really awkward because <laughs> she takes a while to start talking and then and she she's you find out she was in some sort of accident and then nobody comes to move her and so those 
three girls come and like do that like hip hop dance right in front of her, and I thought that's super awkward because nobody so like awkward. moved her out of the way. But then when they were leaving, when Enid and Rebecca were leaving, leaving the auditorium, they're like, "Oh, I liked it better when she was an alcoholic cokehead." <laughs> <laughs> well, I, they did say something where they're like, "They're like, so you do all this shit, and then you get into one car accident, and you become valedictorian." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, that's so true." It's like I'm like, be, it's like when people it's like when Joan Rivers died and everyone was like oh but like remember Joan Rivers and I was like Joan Rivers was literally called the queen of mean like she was a well known bitch and her being dead does not change the fact that she was a bitchy person you know what I mean it's like being in an accident doesn't suddenly make you an angel (laughs) it just means that you can't drive and or someone else sucks at driving or you were drunk or an idiot or whatever being the case was kind of sounded like a DUI to me but I don't know because that's I mean it was like that's what it sounded like if yeah. I yeah it felt like it was implied like it was like <laughs> I mean you know hey good for you if you're getting clean but yeah that does not does not suddenly make you good at academics and worthy of being a valedictorian you know <laughs> well I think it's just like a classic high school thing where anybody can be like put on a pedestal for any number of things and uh yeah that's true and then enid finds out that she's not graduating she has to take an art class because she failed art and uh i wanted to ask you about the art teacher so okay so the art teacher seems really bent on like their art having like this like social message and everything and and i was wondering is the art teacher because the thing about it is like Enid is a tremendous artist. Like she's Big super time. talented. She's yeah. always drawing. She's always doing things. She's super creative. And I like in my head I've always thought that the art teacher sees that in her. And now I have a, a name to put to it. Like I feel like she's like almost like fletchering her. Like in <laughs> in in really lifting up what's her name's art, the one girl's art. Oh. Even though it was really like derivative. She was, and she was annoying me. She was like, I just put a bunch of um uh, hangers together and it symbolizes abortion and it I was just like the woman's right to choose yeah. and yeah. I was like I get where you're coming from but you using like you putting a bunch of wire hangers together doesn't make art well <laughs> if you I mean look, I guess it's I guess it's subjective but if you look the teacher is always looking at Enid when she's trying to make big points like she's oh, always really? like so it's like art should be like should mean something or it should be this and and she does have a scene where like Enid leaves her notebook and she kind of seemingly insults the notebook like we could draw these little comics or we could make something meaningful and mm. uh, but she's always looking at Enid and, and and I think like number one it kind of seemed like she knew that Enid was better than she was putting on like Enid is a true artist and she's a very clever very creative person and she could go so far if she just like would apply herself and i think that the teacher saw that this is what i've always thought yeah the teacher saw that it was just trying to pull it out and be like stop being lazy stop just like letting things happen to you like take charge (laughs) yeah i love that i love that (laughs) and and then because she she submitted her name for this like scholarship it this art academy with like this amazing sounding scholarship and everything after just it after just one piece that enid didn't even create and so i'm like this can't 
Yeah, that was kind of weird. Because of that piece, it has to be because the teacher knows that Enid is better than what this class is. Because, like, that teacher did not seem stupid to me. She seemed very Mm, smart. And and I thought she could not be actually celebrating this other girl's art because the other girl's art was so pedestrian. Like, it's a tampon and teacup, you know. And so (laughs) I was like, oh, it's art. And then at the end, (laughs) so they like they hang up the picture. So am I a bitch? Does that make me a bitch? It makes me feel really mean, but I. Well, that's the like, point of the movie. Okay, that's true. You're yeah. not like that's what we're supposed to be. Feeling. Okay, so we're supposed to be like, oh, tampon in a cup. What does that it's mean? It's derivative. It's like yeah. it's not like we're p- critiquing a real okay. art. Jeez, I know. I know. Why am I getting all like? What is this who's fictional feeling, character going to think? Whose feelings do you think you're going to hurt? I'm going to hurt your this opinion. fictional character's feelings. Anyway, whose name I don't even remember. I don't remember either. But um, <laughs> anyway, so Enid finds this picture of like this caricature of a man in like a black face sort of very thing. racist and, and very and racist. At Seymour's house because Seymour collects all this like vintage stuff, and Seymour says Cook's chicken used to be called Coon chicken. And, you know, they had all this imagery, but now they're cooks when they have, like, you know, white people imagery and it's not quote unquote racist anymore. It, on, like, visibly racist right, anymore. Right. And, and he, she's like, can I borrow this? And first thing I was like, I would never, cause he said, I don't, cause he, you find out that he works for Cook's Chicken now in, like, their corporate office. Right. I would never let a teenager take oh, something. Cause he not. said to her, he no. said, like, uh, I don't know if I should let you because they're very sensitive about that. And she's like, "No, I'll take care of it." And I was like, "That's not the point. He could lose his job." Yeah, and then I he pretty much did. But um, did he lose? His yeah, because he was like living with his mother at the end. Like you know, he he leaves that therapy session, and his mother's like, "When are we having for dinner? Let's go oh, home." Oh yeah, that's and, right. Um, anyway, so so she takes it and she uses that in class, and she's like. And she says really smart things. She's like, it's a found object. I didn't actually do the art. But, you know, like, things are still racist, but they're not as out in the open as they used to be. And she says some really very, like, wise. And so you know that they're like... So the teacher is like, yes, I knew there was a thinking person behind there, you know? Right. And anyway, and then later, the the piece is hanging up at that gal- the gallery at the end of the, the class session. And the teacher is like, it, all the parents are like really pissed. And I was like, who goes to an art show and gets pissed like that without hearing an explanation? That seemed yeah. a little over the top for me. I don't and think that didn't seem over the top for me. Um, it seemed but- over the top just because they were like this is offensive and the teacher's like i think we should hear what the artist has to say about this and right and then then the teacher's like they're forcing me to fail you and i was like they would force you to fa-. like nobody it just seemed really movie-fied to me like, right. like the climax they could easily have made it so it wasn't quite so movie-fied i think maybe right. not easily but i think like just the fact that oh well you failed and you can't go to the art school now because you weren't there to explain the piece but anyway all i'm trying to say is I think the teacher knew that she was talented and was trying to pull her out. I don't think the teacher was actually celebrating that other girl's art. I think she was using that to encourage Enid to come into the place that she deserves, like to huh. to become the artist that she knows she is. That's how I've always felt. How do you feel? How did you feel about the teacher? I don't think I definitely did not have the same observation that you did that she was flattering her <laughs> which I really like that uh, and I hope to use it in day to day life <laughs> every time you're mean to somebody you can be like listen I'm just flattering I'm you I'm just flattering you okay <laughs> I'm trying to make you better 
And they're like, I'm already good enough. And I'm like, no, I'm just checking out your groceries. (laughs) Could you imagine? Well, you could probably do it better. (laughs) Oh, whole milk. Really, Eric, you think you're going to drink whole milk? (laughs) Let's just switch that up with skim, okay? And he's like, I don't even know you. And my name is not Eric. So you're bagging the groceries in this story. No, no. I'm actually just walking (laughs) up to people in the store and judging them based on their purchases. This is what I do. I get it. I go, I go, oh, you're going to, I don't, honey, sweetie, blue does not work on you. (laughs) I'm fletchering you. (laughs) I'm I'm just trying to make you better. You'd be like, I don't even know what fletchering means. And I'm like, well, if you watched Whiplash, maybe you'd understand. I have seen it. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's the end of this conversation. I gotta go. <laughs> I don't know. That, and that would be it. It would be. Anyway. <laughs> that went a lot different in my mind than I just kind of like. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, um, I. I can see what you mean, and I think that she definitely saw a potential in Enid. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't put like I liked her. I thought that she was. I think she was like kind of unique the way most. I feel like most uh, art teachers, art teachers are, like they're a little weird, like, eccentric. Yeah, yeah, you know, like I feel mirror like, father mirror <laughs> mirror was, father. What was that again? Mirror. For, like that's a film I made called Mirror Father. Mirror. <laughs> that's right. That was so bizarre. Um, I feel like if in the Harry Potter world, if uh, they had an art teacher, that Trelawney Trelawney would have been an art teacher. You know, Emma Thompson's oh, character. Oh yeah. Yeah, she was small part in that. But what, who would teach ball reading or whatever she was teaching? <laughs> I just remember that. Look at all them balls. <laughs> it's like prophecies. <laughs> Um. Well, it's the real world, so there wouldn't be a prophecy teacher. Oh, mm-hmm. so Hogwarts is not a magic school; it's just not a boarding in this school scenario with yes. an art class. Yes, oh. but so okay. po- potions would be science, right? Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Defense against the dark arts would be phys ed. Okay. <laughs> um. Turn to page three hundred. No, that's potions. So. <laughs> um, oh, oh, my bad. Yeah, you're bad. <laughs> You've only seen it once. How dare you? <laughs> okay, we're done. I don't know. I don't want to figure out the rest. Uh, let's see. I wanted. To I wanted to talk about something that um, has come to my mind a while ago, okay. and this movie sort of is an illustration. So, forgive me if I've talked about this on the podcast before. Any listeners I or you? I. You know, we've done a lot of episodes, so sometimes things come up. I literally times, cannot remember stuff that we've even done anymore, except for like a few well, of them. Sometimes here when and there. I'm editing the episode, I'll be like, oh yeah, we talked about this, you know, <laughs> and we just did it like a couple. So anyway, I so, know because I noticed that un- we just, you don't even have to include this. I noticed that we re released uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire like a couple times. Or well, no, maybe it wasn't Portrait. It was one of them. It, it doesn't uh, matter. We should probably make a master list. But anyway. <laughs> Anyway, it wouldn't take very long. Anyway, okay. anyway, <laughs> so a, a while ago, a couple years ago, I think I was listening to This American Life, and there was a small blip of a story about a guy who, specifically when he's on airplanes, will cry at movies that don't even really are not even made to make you make you cry like they'll just make him cry they'll just make him very emotional and, and only cry. on airplanes only on airplanes and okay. he's like it's a phenomenon and he doesn't really understand why and it's sort of like a little bit of an essay about this crying on airplanes and he was talking about how this 
movie Wait, Sweet he... Home Alabama. Okay, I was wondering what some of the movies were going. He gave one example, and it was Sweet Home Alabama, the climax, the climactic moment in Sweet Home Alabama. He just found himself like crying in the airplane, <laughs> and he never said this, but it to- it occurred to me after when the episode ended and i was thinking about it and i was like why does he cry in airplanes and i get it i think i know why they did not say this in the episode and i actually contemplated writing this american life to tell them this theory but as a classic like uh personal discourager i'm like the the likelihood they'll ever read your letter let alone it would make it on the air makes it pointless don't even try and so anyway i've sent so many emails to like famous podcasters and i mean not so many but a couple and yeah yeah, they don't respond so anyway i think it's because when you're on an airplane you're surrounded by strangers and you've been watching this movie for an hour and a half two hours and these are now your closest friends Mm -hmm. right now in your life in your life your family and your closest friends in this moment on an airplane surrounded by strangers are the people in this movie mm-hmm. so when good or bad things happen to the people in this movie you feel them because you're surrounded you're not in, you're not at home you're not in a familiar place you're not around familiar people the only thing you have is this movie like you've become one with these people in the movie and i think it's really beautiful i think that's why movies are so powerful mm-hmm. but anyway this movie has an example of that situation that i really every movie has it but this movie has something that i really like so early in the movie at the art class um, she's looking at these pieces and she's like, what is this? And this, Wait, Enid or... Sorry, the teacher okay. is looking at pictures and there's a picture of like a guy like hitting another guy in the head with a hammer. And she's like, whose is this? And this kid raises his hand and, and he was like, oh, it's just this video game that I really like and it's about a... I can't remember what the video game is called, but he goes around and he hits either. people in the head with a hammer and she's like, oh, I thought maybe it was your father. <laughs> Anyway, it's kind of like, it's a very brief moment, but then later in the movie, the last day of class, it's it's the last day of, or it's like, I think it's the last day of class, and she's kind of emotional, because she's like, I've had a really good time with all of you guys this summer, and I hope you have too, and she's going over pieces, and she picks up this, like, like monster hand sculpture, and she goes, oh! this looks like it might be Phillips and it's his and I feel like this is it like this is it like we know Phillips work Mm -hmm. we are in this class with them and I think that that just is a very illustrative of the idea of like we've all gone in this movie we've all gone on a journey with Enid like we are Enid we are going on this journey with Enid and Philip likes violent video games and Philip makes violent art and the teacher can call it out. I don't know. I just really like it. I don't know if this resonated with anybody, but I had to say it because it's in this movie. But. No, I get it. I It's like the little things where um, maybe you don't like because I didn't pick up on that. But, you know, maybe the second time around I, I would or something like that. So uh, I you've obviously seen it a lot more than I have because there are certain things that I th- yeah the like the thing with like the ice cream like I'd totally forgotten that was a thing that had happened then you were like oh yeah that happened I'm like oh yeah that was funny uh so um I get no I get what you mean and I think that the insight about how when you're on a plane and like you don't know anyone and these people are your only friends and even though they're not like they're not real they're fictional you're still like i just really wanted it to work out for josh lucas and reese withers yeah yeah Yeah. i mean i don't remember i think they end up together i don't remember the movie but um 
Remember when we got that like from Josh Lucas on our Instagram post? Oh, yeah. That was pretty great. But my mom, I told my mom about it, and I said, I was like, Josh Lucas, the Josh Lucas liked our post, and she goes, oh, he's so cute. Did you see Sweet Home Alabama? He was so cute. And I was like, yes, mom, I've seen it. <laughs> also, all the Hollywood men she likes are blonde and blue-eyed, which is very strange because my father has dark hair and dark eyes. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Because she loves Brad Pitt. And she loves Josh Lucas. <laughs> and they both have blonde hair and blue eyes. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I get it. I also think Josh Lucas is good looking. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah. I was, I was like, pretty ticked off about the whole revoking the scholarship thing. Yeah. That felt really unfair, especially since it wasn't something that she created. It wasn't like she was like, here's a racist caricature. She was like, this is a found object that I found and I think and it it's it's <sighs> erasing stuff like that from history and ignoring it and pretending it doesn't exist. I think is kind of like along the same lines as changing the n-word in the mark twain novel what was it huck huckberry finn to the word slave they're first of all they mean two different things <laughs> they're like they're di- very different and they're also written at a time when i mean it was the like 1800s so it, it's it's just it's it's like I I understand they're trying to be like like whoever they whoever's doing this um, is trying to be inclusive to people, but I also think that they're kind of missing the point. And so I think this with the whole racist caricature is like don't ignore it, don't look past it, and don't be offended by it because it's not something that I mean like yes, be offended by it, but don't be offended in a way that's going to destroy a young girl's life, you know. And also recognize that okay, so this is something that we found acceptable in like let's say the 50s, 40s, whatever it was because it was probably around that time, I would guess, 60s even, I don't even know. But I mean, you know, but then go okay so things have changed now and hopefully this will not happen again you know and but to just like to just get and i don't even like using this name because of all the women that i've ever met who've named karen all of them have been great women and i've loved them all (laughs) so but she was a real karen about it well (laughs) that's why i say it was movie-fied because i think it was a means to an end in the movie to show that once again she was like her own worst enemy and she self-sabotaged and if she had just gone to the art show a lot of things wouldn't happen she wouldn't have had sex with seymour and messed that up she would have been able to explain the art and she would have been able to go to the school but she just keeps like fucking up yeah and i think that that's a theme and that's like partially a teenage theme and partially just like she just keeps messing up and it's like another just another weight on the side of like you're you know you just keep messing up you can't do anything right Mm -hmm. and so i think it wasn't means to an end for that but it was totally movified because at a real art show there would be a little plaque that says what this piece is who did this piece what well not okay not every artist explains their work but in a situation like this where it's like supposed to be descriptive of something there would be something that would describe it or she yeah. would have it she would have an opportunity like they they can't 
I can't see somebody forcing an art teacher to fail a student because the art teacher, like, the art teacher could just say to them, like, no, she was trying to make a point about racism and how it's whitewashed now, but it used to be out in the open. I Also, I've had this student in my class for the whole summer. I'm not going to fail her because she's done so much more than just this one piece. Right. And I just don't think that that would happen necessarily in real life on this micro scale. Like, on right. a macro scale, sure. And yeah, it was offensive, but everything at the art show had a purpose and i think that there would have been like something would have happened to like they can't they can't just fail her because she put a picture on in an art show you right know what i mean right and the teacher didn't even really bother to stand up for her the teacher could have yeah. said like and so it, it was felt just like totally it was very mortified. yeah like she felt like she was very like oh no uh no I and then that was kind of yeah that. and that was hear like what the artist says because i would have been like stop stop flipping out let's mm-hmm. talk about this first maybe if you understand like i'd be like maybe everyone not gang up and like maybe let's just like i can tell you what's going on yeah. instead of you freaking you know, freaking out freaking out fri- flipping fli- <laughs> i mixed freaking with flipping it's <laughs> freaking it's, um what is that oh, shit, what is that thing she says in mean girls where she mixes great and <laughs> Grood, grood, maybe gruel, gruel. Is it gruel? <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. It was gruel. <laughs> yeah. I also think that there may have been a commentary in there that the woman who was the most audibly offended was like a middle-aged white woman, mm-hmm. and there were women of color, but they weren't like they were just like this is offensive. They weren't like I'm going to take this down. So well, I as, think it's as, also as I said, like real Karen move. You yeah, know? like it's kind of telling that it's like it's it's she thinks she's supposed to she knows she's supposed to be offended so she doesn't want to listen to an explanation as opposed to actually being offended if that do you know what i mean yeah like she's offended adjacent yeah it's like like she really has no right she has no right to she has every has okay everyone should be offended by that but the people that have a right to actually like be offended and take it down are not the people who did take it down does that make sense no absolutely okay. yeah no it's uh i mean <clears throat> i think it's kind of like and i've talked about this before the equivalent of people because i used to be on tumblr a lot people getting offended over context from a scene where they or uh, something from a scene where they don't know the context of it yeah like mm-hmm. the scene and it's uh, the specific it's very specific uh, expl- or, uh, example but it was the scene in breakfast at tiffany's where paul is saying to holly i love you you belong to me and i was like he's not saying that as if he owns her right he's saying that as if we belong together yeah because like, you're we my love person. each other you're my right, person yeah it yeah. was never ever meant in a control type way yeah and i remember all these people posting this and getting super offended and i was like did you watch the fucking movie <laughs> Like, yeah. if you watch the movie, it's, like, the thing that you should be offended by is the way that they portray Mr. Yunioshi, because mm-hmm. that was super offensive. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that was hardcore racist. Um, yeah, it's, it's like, you're get, like, you're getting offended over, like, don't make a, what is it, a mountain out of a molehill? Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't make a mountain out of a molehill, especially if you have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. But, yeah. And obviously, this is different, a lot different, but... It's the same idea where it's like, if you just listen to the context, maybe you would like take a second and to step back and go, oh, okay, I see what they're coming from. Instead of destroying a young girl's life, you know, like, I mean, the potential to go to this college, to become an artist, to have this, I mean, this amazing scholarship is incredible. And she didn't even, um, 
like she didn't even put in her name for it it was just it was done for her so this is like a really i feel like a very you know obvious telling that she's a very talented girl yeah but then there's yeah there's, there's these like karens who are like eh, yeah, 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 yeah. and i'm like karen stop please for the love of god just sit down have an apple juice have a martini whatever it takes let's chill okay can we just talk for a sec you know and she doesn't want to she just wants to scream so yeah so i i feel like in in real life in that situation there would be more it would i don't think she would have gotten like a failing grade i think she would have been able to graduate and she would have had to like explain her side but i think in movie world it was just to get like the bridge the gap between like what happened to her at the end right but um and also like uh also she wasn't there because she was sleeping with seymour and um so i want to rewind a little bit and what did you think of her dad i love okay so i thought her dad was funny how he was just kind of like milk toast like she kind of walked all over him and bob balab and he's such a like mike pointed out once that he's so good at like kind of stuttering and just kind of like <laughs> He was Being pretty much really the mousy. same character that he was in in uh in Broad City. <laughs> he's like he's just a, stuttering he's like, like that oh, okay dear Christopher Guest movies too. Yeah. yeah, he's just kind of like Is he in Christopher Guest movies? Yeah. Is he? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see I can totally see that. And, that uh, kind of like humor. Terry Gar playing Maxine. Uh I don't even Oh, well, I really like <laughs> I don't even know so, who that is. So I mean, I know Maxine, who Maxine is obviously, but not Terry Gar. Maxine is, is uh she was in like Young Frankenstein, and oh, oh, she's um, she was like the the German. Yeah, uh, she like, was like roll, the cute roll, roll, roll She was a cute little German. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And she had like big boobs or something, and everyone was like, oh, like right. She had like the very like low cut. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and uh, also Madeline Kahn's in that. I love her. <laughs> I, think she's I love. I, I really <laughs> like how. Uh, so her dad enid's dad was like guess who i ran into today and enid's like how would i know and he's like guess <laughs> she's just like not having it she's like i don't even know where to like what would i even guess and he's like maxine and that's when you learn that like maxine was this woman who had her dad dated for a while but mm-hmm. did not Enid did not like her and then i couldn't really understand why she didn't like Maxine, like, well, because she can walk all over her dad, but I don't think she can uh, walk all over Maxine. Because Maxine didn't. She seemed like she was a decent, I think nice Enid woman. Was the kind of Enid's the kind of person who like wants everybody to herself, but doesn't want mm. anybody to like want her. Does that make sense? Like she wants She's everybody like, to like be. She wants everybody to be hers. Like she wants to, like she wants everybody around her, but she like doesn't want to be tied down to anyone. She She's like a you know, cat. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and like, um, like I want you near me. Don't touch me, though. Don't. You can sit. You can sit near me, human. You are allowed to sit there. And then, oh. so I like when so Bob Balaban, her dad's like, "Why don't you come out here?" See later in the movie, he's like, "Someone's here," and it's Maxine, and like <laughs> she does the most like weird, unattractive chewing and talking because she's just. I think she's just supposed to seen as be seen as just this like unappealing like enid doesn't care for her and she's weird and she's like boring and she's like oh enid what are you up to now i can't help but think i had a part in your i think i had a part in your upbringing and enid's like i'm taking a remedial art class for fuck-ups and losers (laughs) (laughs) and she's maxine's just like oh 
And then later in the movie, when everything is just sort of falling apart for Enid, her dad comes into her bedroom. She's crying on her bed because she had a fight with Rebecca. And her dad's like, so Maxine is going to move in and we're just going to see what happens. And she's like, oh, no. (laughs) So that's what kicks her into high gear to, like, get a job at Computer Station, this place we never learn what they actually do, but where Maxine helped her get a job at Computer Station so she can move out with Rebecca, but then obviously does. Yeah, she, that, that doesn't, doesn't work. work yeah, I I was on Rebecca's side one hundred percent. I as I said, I think if I had seen this when it come out, when it came out, I probably would have been more Enid's. But now that I'm older, I was like, yeah, Enid, get your shit together so you can move in with your friend. And I would have been like, if my friend had been like, oh, I don't know, I had a job, but then I got fired like within a day, I'd be like forget it then like because i don't know if you can keep your shit together and i'm not going to cover your rent every month so you know like (laughs) this ain't gonna happen plus Mm -hmm. i don't know moving in with your best friend is always kind of it's not a good idea i don't think i like i have a i don't know i like you and i think living together would be not good no i don't want (laughs) to live with you um yeah there's a I really first of all I really like living alone and the only time I could see myself living with someone is if it was a significant other and it would be a house not an apartment with one other you know room (laughs) because we talked a lot about that during the pandemic I was like man I'd give anything for a second room (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah anyway um uh, yeah, anyway, so... No, the Maxine thing was funny. It yeah, was like, <laughs> I just like that they did a really good job making her seem kind of like a weird, but like not very exciting, and the way she's chewing and talking, I think, is just really good I physical I acting. I her. Maybe it was the glasses. It might have been the glasses. Yeah. And yeah, she wasn't in it for very long, like very no, briefly. But I know but I know that actress well enough that I should have been like, oh, hey, that's her. You know, I, I would have not known her name, but I would have known it was her, you know? But yeah. I wanted to talk to you about the jazz the the scene where they went to like the club to see the jazz music Enid and Seymour and uh so they go to this club to see this like famous jazz guitarist I guess or blues guitarist I guess and and everybody's like talking over him and playing darts and watching sports and stuff and and Seymour's so mad and Enid is like she decided that she's gonna like help him find a girlfriend so she talks to this older like this woman at the bar that's like Seymour's age and this woman goes and and talks to him and she's sitting at the table with him and she's like oh you're gonna really love the next oh what's the name of the band that plays it's like I can't remember the name it's like a blues band that's playing like headlining and it's like a local band and she's like you're gonna love them they're so good because he loves blues and when they come out and they're like a college frat blues band they're like we're gonna play some deep down southern blues and he's singing about picking cotton and stuff and he's like a I white know. college frat boy singing about picking cotton it was so cringy it was bad it was so cringy i like the moment when enid's standing at the the bar and she's kind of like looking around the room at the people her age that she could potentially like logically date because the person that like seymour's there but he's like with the other woman but they're not hitting it off but she sees a guy like checking out the waitress's butt but then she sees another guy do a belch and it's the most disgusting (laughs) shot i hate it but it's very well done and indicative of like how people at this bar not she's not they're not she's not gonna date anyone at that bar right besides like 
Seymour potentially if they were different ages. But the Belch, oh, that shot is so gross. I've always thought it was gross. I hate Belching. Dude, I, speaking of, um, when I'm playing my Sims game and I'll like be like in cast, which is create a Sim, um, I'll be like fixing their clothes or whatever. Sometimes they'll like Belch and like really loudly. And I'm like, lovely. Like, lo- <laughs> like I'm not listening, but you can see them doing it. And oh, every time I'm just like, the visual. Like, and yeah. they're like, ew. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So I like how that's a good like illustration of how she's just like none of the guys in the bar really appealing to her, right? And I wanted to know what you think about like Seymour and Dana. So the the woman who actually put the personal ad out, or wait, Seymour put the personal ad out because him and this woman had a moment, Mm -hmm. and so he's like, "Did we have a moment? I was the guy in the green sweater. You were the woman. I don't know what he says, like stunning, the stunning blonde woman, and and so that's what." Uh, Enid and Rebecca answer and fake him out. Right. And then later in the movie, the actual woman calls and and he's like, no, it's just a woman joking on me. And Enid's like, no, you should check it out. And so what did you think of him and Dana? Because I thought well, I'll ask you, what did you think of their relationship? Um, I thought that they seemed sweet. I think they seemed like they were a sweet couple. I think that if he hadn't slept with uh, Enid, that they could have potentially had something. Um, but I think that Enid and him had some sort of connection that him and Dana did not have. And that's maybe why that ended up happening between them. Um, but other than that, I thought that they were cute together. Yeah, I kind of thought, like, she was walking the line of, like, a woman who might might try to change a man, but not. Like, she didn't mind that he liked blues and jazz she didn't like it like he did but she wasn't like trying to change him right if anything he was just improving when he was around her like he was wearing jeans not that that's an improvement to like slacks but he was changing not in a bad way i just mm-hmm. think like you know yeah if somebody new comes into your life and you sort of make little changes that's fine yeah, you're growing yeah. you're changing you're expanding you're your not horizon changing who you are as yeah a person. but she didn't yeah you know she she didn't like share his blues and jazz interests, but she didn't like make him not like them anymore. You right, know, and right. I thought that that was sweet. And they were, I think well, you're if right. You do like, that, that's a huge red flag. Well, like, yeah, <laughs> of course. But that's what I mean. Like she didn't really have like that red flag. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit shocking that she and him would be in a relationship, except for the fact that she definitely seemed like she wore the pants, and he was quite happy not wearing the pants in the relationship. And and I think it's really sad because. Enid sort of messed up her own life, but she also messed up his. Yeah. But he also makes his own decisions. You know, oh, he chose yeah, to no, sleep with Enid. But Enid for also himself. was kind of like, you know, so I think that that was interesting. And um, I mean, he could have stopped. Like he could have stopped, but she obviously liked her. Yeah. I mean, I think that there was something between them. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so I think it, it was, it, and it was really sad because he ended up having to move back in with his mother, and he broke up with Dana because he thought the thing with him and Eden was going to last and I thought it was cute when they woke up the morning after they had sex and or wait when they after they had sex he was like cuddling her and he's like good night and she's like I need to sleep <laughs> I know she yeah. she like he seemed like he was like oh I've never done this I don't ever do this and she was kind of like okay yeah like, <laughs> like she seemed like she uh, she regretted it I think, she was immediately not, yeah she, she was not she feeling was like, good about that I, situation before they had sex she was like maybe i could move in here because mm-hmm. that was right after she went out maxine was moving in and then she quit her uh, or, and she didn't want to move in with rebecca and uh and then he was like did you really mean it about moving in with me and she's <laughs> I like know. i was just thinking out loud <laughs> yeah but it seemed like he would have 
accepted her to move in with him but mm-hmm. it I think, have worked, I think. Yeah, she's no. too young and immature oh yeah definitely that's and why i mean like if she was like 25 maybe it could have right. worked you know but. yeah well and and just like what would have happened with their relationship like if she's regretting having sex with him chances are she's not going to want to pursue anything and he might have feelings for her and you know i mean he's kind of like a lonely guy and she's this young pretty thing and you would maybe understand why he might you know like have those feelings where she might be like well i think she had feelings for him but i think she just didn't have any direction you know right yeah i don't i don't know if she had romantic feelings towards him though that's what i do you think that she did i don't know i kind of think she did i think she had a a crush on him like i think she liked him but it was just like she was her own like at that age she's her own worst enemy Mm -hmm. also they're just like too young and yeah i don't think she knew what to do with those feelings because he's he's an older guy who's established like he has a job he has a, a place where he lives he has you right. know, he's settled and so yeah even it whatever feelings she did have i don't think that they could have amounted to anything good because she's just too immature yeah yeah i i can't see their relationship really going anywhere right because mm-hmm. again yeah just she's she's just blowing in the wind mm-hmm. she's going wherever the wind's taking her and he's a tree with deep roots you know so she's she's like she doesn't know what she wants and and i think that putting herself in a situation where she maybe had to stay in one place would have been disastrous for her growth as a person because i just don't think she's that person you know not mm-hmm. disastrous but i think it would have impeded her growth as as a human i think it would have i think that you know i mean she left at the end like it was very like the graduate well, you know i wanted to talk about the end okay i've always thought she committed suicide oh what (laughs) explain please i don't the whole movie there's this old man sitting on a bench waiting for a bus that's out of service oh the whole movie this old man this old man is like i'm waiting it's coming i'm leaving town i'm going away you won't see me anymore and And then then he he gets on a bus that's out of service so then she gets a little bag together oh, and so she it's like gets symbolic on a bus. of death i've always thought that i don't know oh like, but i've always thought you didn't you didn't think that. no like this is like blowing my mind i'm like what i want to can i look at it do you mind if i look I've, up like I, I didn't look it up for that purpose because i like i've never had to analyze it so i've never looked it up before i read the graphic novel and i think the gra- i don't think like the graphic novel said she killed herself or anything it's been a long i read it in high oh my school, god that's the first thing is it i wrote does enid kill her and then it wrote and the first thing was does enid kill herself in ghost world yeah i've always thought she committed suicide let's see because um, she does talk like when she's with seymour she's like i always sort of dreamed about just like one day leaving and just leaving town and nobody and not telling anybody so they set it up so she could have just left town on a bus but why would they set up that this bus is out of service and this old man who's always waiting for it and it randomly shows up like i feel like she i've always just thought she wow. killed herself so i guess a lot of people have interpreted it that way um who's the wig off is that was was that dir- the director i think um they said i personally thought of the ending as more positive she's moving on with her life that she had faith in herself yeah i mean you know it's not totally out of the question it's just the bus that's out of service that like always sort of makes me hesitate so i don't like that ending so no i do not think she (laughs) it is dark 
I, but I can like now that you've explained it, I can totally see that. I like I would have never. No, I would have even put two and two together because. Um, but that makes a lot of sense. Um, damn, that is dark. It doesn't seem like she was suicidal, though. You know what I mean? So to me, I don't. I don't really. I guess agree with that ending. To me, it seems like if you were going to commit suicide, there would be a lot of indications or showing how depressed she was and how she wasn't dealing with it well enough but to me it seemed like she was fairly mentally healthy and not suicidal so i don't think that's what happened i i see it as more positive ending but that's really interesting that's really interesting and it's interesting that other people thought that too but that does make a lot of sense huh that's fucked up (laughs) It's just, a, I don't know, yeah, it's just a thought. I like it. No, I like it. <laughs> like, I, you know I like the fucked up shit, so I'm like, yes. Um, speaking of today, this woman told me that she just watched Black Swan recently. It's oh. an Aronofsky film. She was like, it was so good, blah, blah. So I was like, I'm going to make you a list of, of movie recommendations, because I told her that we do, you know, the podcast and everything. And I wrote her down, like, t- 10 different movies. It was like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I recommended... Um, the wrestler and i it was like it was fun so it's like i got to do that and i always makes me happy when i get to recommend shit to people (laughs) she's like i'm gonna watch the least tonight and i was like yay (laughs) i was like girl call me (laughs) no i didn't say that but um i mean i hope she didn't kill herself yeah because i I want her i think like i think she could you know she's getting out of town so that means on the flip side she's getting out of town she can thrive she can find her own place in the world she can be this clever creative awesome person that she is in a world a bigger world that isn't yeah. so like confined like the little town she lives in but it is like there are a lot of weird little things pointing to that bus that i th- can definitely like i've always definitely like mostly theorized that she died at the end wow but i don't want her to die at the end right yeah no that's interesting that's and i think i think it's it's uh even more compelling that like you're not the only one that thought that that was multiple people that have thought that too that that's just because i yeah i didn't even put like two and two together at all so huh i mean it makes sense that it that'd be an allegory for death you know the bus um especially since it seemed like it wasn't like a city bus you know it seemed almost kind of cleaner and more like a greyhound or something you know what i mean like something to travel long distances rather than just like the next you know like the other side of town or whatever mm-hmm. so hmm yeah interesting yeah anyway <laughs> would you recommend the movie i would it was fun i liked it um i'm assuming you would too yeah i really like this movie i'd recommend it 100 percent. awesome um, yeah yeah it's it's uh i'm glad i watched it it's something i've been curious about but never like never super curious enough to to watch it but you were like let's watch it and i was like okay and uh it's i don't know it's like no matter i think no matter how much time passes i think that we all feel like enid yeah at one point in our lives you know yeah yeah she's i Mm -hmm. think she's a very um relatable character she Mm -hmm. might not be an empathetic character but she's definitely a relatable character yeah yeah uh so yeah i'd recommend it for sure yeah 
Anyway, you can follow us on Instagram, Watches and Movies. You can follow us on Facebook at Watches and Movies. Uh, we have, uh, if you would like to do a recommendation, <laughs> just go through this whole spiel. Uh, if you'd like to do a recommendation or have us do a movie that you recommend, you can do a couple things. You can either email us at watchersandmovies at gmail.com. You can DM us on Facebook or Instagram. It's probably better if you DM us on Instagram because honestly, I'm terrible at checking Facebook. Uh, Sam is a lot better than I am at that. Uh, and thank you so much for, to Mike for our theme music. Yeah, his name is Mike Myers. You can find him on Twitter at the Mike Show 42. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. And follow us and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. And you'll see a new episode every Monday. Bye-bye. Bye.